Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Dan Myler, host of the longest-running Dynasty Fantasy Football podcast in the industry, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Join me and my co-hosts, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price from DynastyLeagueFootball.com as we use 60-plus years of Dynasty experience to analyze news, walk through startup and team-building strategies, and highlight trade targets to keep you on top of your Dynasty League year-round. It's a different topic each week on the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but the common theme is always the same helping you build the ultimate dynasty roster. Join me, Dan Myler, along with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price, each week, year-round, for the DLF Dynasty Podcast. What's going on, people? Once again, it's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Eugene. I'm one of the hosts of the show. Uh, you know, we made it. We're at the end. Uh, congrats to the those to those that uh, won their championships this past week. Uh, I was fortunate to win both my matchups. I I, I uh, showed up in uh, for the championship, so I'm happy to, to collect something back for all my for all my endeavors for this fantasy season. Uh, you know, we got. Um, Ike, on the other hand, I know he he might he might have a different tell, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at fantasy gene fantasy jeans. That's G E N E S. You can find our official Twitter handle at Optiline FF. Uh, you know, we're just gonna be chopping it up a little bit how how the season went. Just kind of a recap. Uh, you know, touch on a couple things that happened this past week. Uh, what happened throughout the fantasy football playoffs? Hopefully, we can talk about some things that might be useful for, you know, if we do playoff fantasy football or getting ready for the next season, or, I mean, if you're in, in dynasty, I mean, we're, we're still in the season. We're still grinding. So the grind don't stop in dynasty. No, I sure don't. Uh, you know, to the other host of the show, Ike, what's going on? How you feeling? Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, I can, I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ike Oh nine. Yeah. Uh, you know, as Gene mentioned, uh, it, it was a, Bit of a different tale for me. Didn't didn't uh, came came up short in both of my fantasy championship matchups, and one of and one of the teams had uh, I played against Rashad Penny, who was the RB one overall this week, and <laughs> Jamar Chase, who was the wide receiver one overall this week. So uh, needless Yikes. to say, got <laughs> smashed, <laughs> got fl- got flambéed. All that, all that good stuff. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, you know, second places. I mean, you, you still get a little bit back, and then I had a couple of other leagues that I was in third place in. I think one gets money back, so um, it wasn't a, a total, a total loss um, overall. But you know, it was, it was a, it's a fun and a chaotic season, and you know, it sucks that it's. Are we already at the end? We're already at the end. Time just flies. Time just flies. It did. Time, time flies when you're having fun, man. That's that's very true. But I know true. one thing before uh, before we get into it, I know one thing that always like didn't pop into my head until like this morning was that like, all right, you win this money for uh, your leagues or whatnot. But then you think of, if you break it down to like the amount of hours that you spend on it, like how much you made per hour, you're just like, I just work for crumbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you put you dedicate a lot of hours, you know, just re, you know doing all the research, doing the edu, you know, doing the edu, um, looking through waiver wa- waiver wire columns, and you know, just making sure you're on you're on top, 
uh, on top of the game ahead of your ahead of your league mates, and you know at the end you don't really have too much to show for it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, you know, but I wouldn't change it for the world because I love no, fantasy. Sure wouldn't. Sure wouldn't. So that's that's all that matters. Um, but you know, speaking of players that just kind of balled out, um, Rashad Penny from the Seahawks running back came out of nowhere. Three out of the last four games, he's had over over a hundred yards, and he was the the number one overall running back. Um, on the week versus Detroit. So, you know, 25 for 170, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, he he smashed. He he won a lot of people some uh, some championships, a lot of people some trophies, some money. Um, you know, they, they 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 just ran all over Detroit this week. Um, and, you know, Rashad Penny, he was, you know, a league winner. I'm curious, I'm curious to see what they do with him in the offseason because, you know, he's been often injured and this you know, three years, not really nothing to show. Nothing. And then most of this year, the vast majority of this year, he was, you know, on, you know, in and out of, in and out of the lineups due to injuries, various lower body injuries, like he's always had. And then finally there's like a little small stretch, you know, at the end of the season where he just decides to just go nuclear, basically like, you know, Seattle drafted him to be this guy, but they, where, where was it the first three weeks? I'm sorry, yeah, the first but, three years of his career. Yeah, you know? yeah. The ultimate, the ultimate game of patience with this one, man. Because yeah, sheesh. <laughs> yeah, it, it 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 was a lot. It, it was it was quite the surprise, quite a pleasant surprise um, for, for him balling. And speaking of surprises, it seems like every single week throughout the fantasy playoffs, we have you know surprise running backs that end up you know balling out. You know, I think last yeah. week was. Rex Burkhead and you know mm-hmm. Justin Jackson. Um, this week we had you know Boston Scott go for you know 14 carries of 47 yards and two touchdowns and caught another four passes for 39 yards and he was the RB four overall. Um, you know in you know that's in the absence of you know Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard was kind of in and out of the lineup because he had a stinger a stinger. Yeah. So I think he'll he'll ramp they'll ramp up his playing time um, and we'll we have a lot to say about Miles Sanders a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we'll save that one for you guys. <laughs> um, and then another, you know, another surprise surprise at running back was, you know, Devin Singletary. He's kind of come on strong as of late and he had over 100 yards and two touchdowns against the Falcons. And he finished as the RB5 on the week. And, you know, if you guys had the guts to start him, I mean, it was a pretty good matchup against the Falcons. Um, I benched him in one league, but even then it's, it, it still wouldn't have mattered because that was the same team that was playing against Rashad Penny and Jamar Chase. Yeah. So it wouldn't have ultimately it wouldn't have mattered for me to start him. But hey, if, if he if he started for you guys and he, you know he, he paid he paid a lot of dividends. Uh, and then lastly, you know, we had Farrell Williams of the Chiefs. We've seen him step in before. Um he's he's been solid um filling in for Clyde Edwards Alaire, um just uh, various injuries and he had you know 14 carries, 88 yards and two touchdowns and he finished as the RB3 um, on the week. So I mean these guys, I mean they just seemingly came out of nowhere but if you were kind of paying attention, you would know that Boston Scott was going to get some get some looks, and you know Darrell Williams was going to be the starting running back in a, a very high you know high um, high octane offense in Kansas City with Mahomes and Tyreek and, and and Kelsey. So you know, these surprise running backs continue to continue to do it, and then week in and week out, and that was pretty much that's pretty much been the theme throughout the fantasy playoffs. I mean, your studs. You know they've they've been they've been hit or miss right for the most part. I mean mm-hmm. last you know last week Jonathan Taylor didn't really do much, but then this week he he kind of redeemed himself a little bit. But it wasn't really the the, the Jonathan Taylor that we've seen you know over the previous you know ten eleven weeks where he was just on an absolute tear. Um, obviously Cooper Cup he's he remained um you know doing his thing because you know that taxes the Cooper Cup right basically. Um, but the the most consistent part of the fantasy playoffs has been the surprise running back. So um, these yep. were the, these were the three that kind of stood stood out to me. Yep. Uh, another surprise uh, was uh, you know DK Metcalf. You know he's had a modest season this year. Uh, some would say a little disappointing, but which is crazy because this dude he's still finished wide receiver thirteen for the year. Um, but uh, you know this past Sunday. He went six for sixty-three and three touchdowns. Uh, Russell Wilson, he he was cooking for whatever reason. I mean, it was Detroit, so yeah. uh, he did manage to find DK pretty much single coverage every time when he needed a score. So uh, I know I know some people were probably waiting or probably needed this for their their championship, and I'm sure it was a a great surprise to see 
see DK with three with T with three touchdowns. So, uh, you know, that was one surprise. Another surprise was I, I, again, uh, this guy has been killing uh, Amara St. Brown uh, with with Tony Plow, or however you say that backup's name. <laughs> da- uh, David, David Blow, David Blow, David Blow, <laughs> David Bling, Plow, Blau, Blam, yeah. Bing Bong, whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever his name is. Whatever his name is, he kept finding him. Uh, eight for uh, uh, one eleven and a touchdown, and he even had two rushes for twenty three yards and another touchdown. Um, literally, the only thing that was happening with Detroit this past week, and you know, he just. He did it wherever they needed him to. Uh, they had him everywhere. So it was definitely another surprise uh, to see see Amaran, uh do his thing versus Seattle. Yeah, and just kind of con- con- continuing that theme of like surprises. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, star players, as I mentioned, um, a lot of studs, so to speak, didn't really show up for you in the plan- in the fantasy playoffs or in this fantasy championship week. Um, for instance, you know, Stephon Diggs only five for fifty two. Mm. Um, no touchdowns against the, you know, against the Falcons. And that's kind of been, you know, one of the ultimate smash spots of the year um, if you're playing the Falcons. But um, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it all on him because Josh Allen was absolutely terrible in that game. Yeah. He only completed 11 of 26 passes and threw three interceptions. Um, but they were killing, it, they were killing on the the ground. They just the, committed. The ground, run. Yeah. yeah. The ground game was, was, you know, was the, um, was the was the focal point um, of that of that uh, game plan for the Bills? It was snowing. It was inclement weather, but still, um, you know, you you still expect to see Diggs. You know, if they're if they're throwing that many times, you still at least expect Diggs to, you know, to produce a little bit more. I mean, hell, Josh Allen completed eleven passes and Diggs caught five of them. So it, it wasn't like he was he was targeted. Uh, wasn't targeted a lot. He was mm-hmm. targeted quite a bit. Um, and speaking of targeted quite a bit, Tyreek Hill was targeted quite a bit by Mahomes. Um, this past Sunday, but only finished with six catches and forty yards um, versus the Bengals. So uh, mm. you know that that was a that was a dud. And Ty- Tyreek Hill over the last couple of weeks has not produced anything for your fantasy squads um, since coming back from the COVID list. And I think that may have something to do with his lack of production. Um, he was only two catches and eighteen yards in the previous game. So um, you know that that was a you know pretty disappointing um if you own Tyreek Hill and Stefan Diggs um especially especially this past week they 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 got you here to the end you know to the very end and they, they they let you down and it's um it's unfortunate yeah um another one was uh CD Lamb um uh, I know a lot of people I mean this is a this is a player that you never bench uh you assume be coming off from that Washington game that they would come out and, and do some more work uh, against Arizona, but I mean, Arizona does have a formidable defense and, um, you know, they kept them pretty quiet. He only had three for 51. Uh, again, I mean, th- this is another prime receiver that people depended on. He's been kind of lackluster in the playoffs also. The, uh, so I know that kind of sucked. I needed him in, in one league, but I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I thought I needed him. Obviously you, I would assume so, but, um, uh, we still we still overcame his 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 non productivity. So um, another player uh, that that kind of uh, didn't show up for you was uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, you would have thought nine for thirteen, like like bro, what what is that? Like you're playing, <laughs> you're playing. <laughs> I, I mean, you got a backup quarterback playing. Like why well, why is he not getting touches? Like I don't like it didn't yeah. make sense. Like the game plan was terrible. I don't know what they were doing over there. Uh, that's why they're not in the playoffs, and that's why Zimmer's on his way out. Yeah. Um, and and, yeah. And, the, and, the, and the Packers going into the game, they were 31st in rush DVOA. So they were getting run on, and they were, they just came off a game where they gave up over 200-plus yards to the Browns on yeah. you know, nearly nine yards to carry. Yeah, and, and Minnesota's and, a pretty decent run team, and yeah. they, didn't, they didn't attack that or exploit that at all. No. So just... And, uh, just now, now granted, yeah, I mean, just I mean, now granted, I mean, it's 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 Sean, it's Sean Mannion, right? I mean, he, who he's not going to threaten you. He he's not going to threaten <laughs> you through the air. So they they probably loaded the box, but you know, still you you still have to figure out a way to kind of get you know cook in space or do something to get your one of your best players the ball. And um, they they weren't doing that. They they weren't doing that. No, they were just playing uh, scared the whole time. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of I mean, I understand you do got the running that backup plan. But 
the Packers defense, like the last like six, seven weeks, they've been terrible. Like you could do yeah. anything against that defense. Like, so I just didn't understand why they couldn't have, they couldn't, I mean, nine for 13, bro. Like yeah, anybody could have, uh, anybody could have did that. So I think, I think over the last five games going into this, this past one, they were giving up 29 points a game. So you could score on them. Like they were, yeah. they were giving up a lot of points um, yeah. in that span. But it's just, you know, you, you can't, it, it's, you, you can't really expect too much from some, something called a Sean Mannion. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate. And, I mean, it's really unfortunate that, I mean, if you saw, uh, just a side note, if you saw Zimmer's uh, post game when he, when they asked him about Kellen Mond, oh, he's my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I don't need to, we don't need to see him. Uh, yeah, the, the, I, see him the, I see him every day. Yeah, the reporters kept <laughs> asking him, so do you, are you, sure, you, do you want to see Mond in, in week 18? And he's like, no. And then, like, there was an awkward silence. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the and then the uh, the reporter nervously asked again. It's like, well, well, well why why don't you want to why don't you want to see him? He was like, I see him every day <laughs> <laughs> with a stone cold face, stone like, cold no look, flinch. no facial expressions, nothing. <laughs> so that so so the fact that I mean, you guys watched if you if you guys watched the game, you watched how bad Sean Mannion was, and it's an indictment on Kellen Mond that he can't be any better than that. Yeah, he he must be stinking it up. Uh, so bad in practice to the point where they can't even they need, and they and they put him in the game for a couple of uh, a couple of plays and they just yanked him right out right on out. I, I missed that because I stopped watching, but but yeah. before halftime, it, yeah, Mond actually played a couple of snaps. He threw a couple of dump offs and had an incomplete pass. I guess he was under pressure, and then they're like, "Oh, we, we've seen enough." And <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It, it's 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 a weird situation there in Minnesota. So you know, hopefully they. Um, a clean house, and then speaking of Minnesota, just staying on Minnesota for one more second. Um, Justin Jefferson, um, you know, obviously with the backup quarterback change or the quarterback change to the backup, um, he he suffered, he suffered as well. And you know, you, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't really bench him. He, he did six for fifty eight, not you know, not the you know the Justin Jefferson Justin Jefferson standard. Um, you know, it could have been, you know, it could have been a, you know a better game, but um, unfortunately, you know. With the backup quarterback, your ceiling and your floor will be limited and a lot lower than um, than you have if you have you know the starting quarterback, Kirk Cousins. So that was just a bad showing all you know overall from the Vikings offense as a whole. And then I think their best play of the night was a tip pass to the center, and he ran yeah. down to the goal line, yeah. but down down inside the five yard line. That, that was their best pass. Their best play yeah, of the game. yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I know also, uh, one last part was Nick Chubb. I mean, that, you know, that game was God awful. I don't know why Nick Chubb was in and out of the lineup. There was points in the game. You're just like, you're just seeing the earnest and just like, nobody knew if Chubb was hurt or what was going on. But, uh, you know, it was another dud that we, that we saw from a, from a stud that you probably were looking, looking to get production from. Yeah, and then um, four, and then four running and four uh four touches in the first half. Yeah, and then he was I getting out snapped by Ernest Johnson. Like it just didn't yeah. make any sense. And they weren't down by a ton. Like no, you know, most of the game. So you could you could still run it. And the Steelers' run defense has been pretty bad. They're like bottom five in rush DVR. Yeah. So it's yeah, just in these these coaches they 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 like they like to overthink things, and you know oftentimes they're just on the wrong end of that. So it's it just I don't know, man. It, 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 didn't make it, sense. it frustrates me. It frustrates me. I don't. I didn't have any Nick Chubb this year, but it frustrates me to no end that you know one of the best running backs in the league is can, you know you underutilized the way that he you know the way that he was because that's just that was just terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> I had no words. I was just watching again. Just like. Like what's 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 going on? But and 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 lastly, just just to touch on this really quick, um, you know, DeAndre Swift was re- finally returned to the lineup from his uh his shoulder injury that he sustained at Thanksgiving, um, and Dan Campbell in the media earlier this week basically gaslighted everybody, saying, "Oh yeah, he's we're ready to cut it loose. <laughs> he's he's full go." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and then he gets he proceeds to give. Uh, DeAndre Swift six touches, six touches, <laughs> and one of those six touches went for a thirty-one yard run. I mean, <laughs> like you just, you know, I again, like it, it, 
obviously I started Swift in, in the league and he, you know, obviously burned me. So it just, it just, I don't know. It, these, these things just, they shouldn't be happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, should, they shouldn't be happening. I'm, I'm sure a lot player, of uh, your best yeah. players get the ball early and often. Anyway, what, like what does Detroit have to lose? Yeah. I don't know. Goal, give, feed him, hand him the ball, give him, give him screen passes, do something. Maybe they're saving them for next year. I don't know. But I know a lot of people got burned from, from that for sure. Um, yeah. But it's not the first time that you've heard Campbell say something and then the complete opposite happens on a Sunday. So that's, that's very true. That is yeah. very true. <laughs> All right. So we're doing things a little different. Like we said, we're uh, recapping the season that was 2021. So we're going to hit some, some, uh, you know, MVPs and some other things that, might have been, uh, you know, touching points for the season. So um, our first one, we wanted to oh, wait, 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 real quick, real quick. We, yeah. uh, we, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. This, oh this yeah, duo, yeah, 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 yeah. The, you're the, right. The, yes. the Burrow and Chase du- duo that yeah, just, you know, created some more magic this week. You know, Joe Burrow just you know continuing on his 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 ridiculous tear of of phenomenal play, over 900 plus yards passing over the last two games. Yeah, had another four forty six and four touchdowns against the Chiefs, and then, and then Jamar Chase. Like, what can Oof. you say? He broke Justin Jefferson's rookie record for receiving yards in a season. He broke the single game rookie record for receiving yards in a game. Um, Eleven for two hundred sixty six yards and three touchdowns. It was just like the Chiefs had no game plan whatsoever, and they singled him up time after time after time. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he uh, he was targeted 12 times and caught 11 of them. And the only mm-hmm. one that he didn't catch was an underthrown deep ball where he was open by like two or three steps. Yep. Yep. So, that, so that game could have been a lot bigger than what yeah. we saw. <laughs> yeah, but but to be fair, it's not like you're... Are you going to double him and then just leave T. Higgins single? Well, I mean, like, at, at some point though, like... At, at, you know, early on in the game, he had five catches, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. At that sure. point, like you should have, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you should have adjusted on the fly as opposed to keep, keeping him singled up. You're expecting, you know, your your corner that's been getting barbecued to, you know, all of a sudden tighten up. That's not a strategy. Like no. you, just have, you need to roll coverage that way and and make the other guys beat you. If T Higgins is T Higgins is 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 as is talented, let him beat you. But Jamar Chase was just going ape shit. Like he was open and early and often. Yeah, and he's. I mean, I mean, PFF, PFF had a stat where they said for the season he's had 872 yards versus single coverage, which was, which is first in the league. Um, I mean, and that was on full display because every time you you see him jumping up, it was it was just one person with them, and they usually just didn't jump with them. So, um, I mean, you do have a point in terms of they should have did something, but. Uh, you know, uh, you know, fantasy owners they loved loved the single coverage, uh, which led to a bunch of points. <laughs> and, and, and my and my demise in one league. So yeah. yes, <laughs> good job, good job, Kansas City. Good yeah. job. <laughs> All right, so now let's talk about yeah. fantasy MVP. Uh, I think we we were we both had the same person. So go ahead, let's 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 dive into it. Yeah, it's it's obvious. It's Cooper Cup. Um, he's the first wide receiver to go over four hundred po- fantasy points, and on the season, he's you know, has 138 catches, 1,829 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Um, he's, you know, he, I think he's, um, I think he needs 12 catches to break the yep. the single season receptions record. And I think how many how many yards does he need? Like 100 and let's say he needed 100 and he needed 116 to maintain the season long pace. So I think he's 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 like 126, like 20 something. Yeah, I think he, yeah, he, I think he needs 126 or 127 to break the yardage record. I think he might. I think he may get the yardage record for sure. I think he might get yeah. both. I mean, they're playing San the, Fran. They're playing San Fran, and they In have a game. Lot of, they have to win. They have to win. They have to win that game. Yeah, San Francisco does. I mean, the the Rams are already in the playoffs, but if they want the division, um, yeah. they they have to play all the way through. So yeah. I, I think um, he'll break that record. But you know, Cooper Cup has just been a stud all season. He was like one of the bigger steals of the draft. He was going in the fourth round. Robert Robert Woods was going ahead of him. Yeah. And 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 you know, in terms of ADP, I think he was the wide receiver. Um, 18 in terms of ADP and then Robert Woods was the wide receiver 14 um, yep. in, in ADP so it's just you know it's one of those things you know you obviously you didn't expect him to um, dominate like he like he was but he was just an incredible value and you know hopefully you guys that you know took you know took the chance to, to, to draft him are celebrating um, your championships 
Yeah. Or or you traded for him. I mean, I was one of those dudes that traded that traded him away before the season started. I mean, I, I was on the, the Jalen Rager uh train, so uh, yeah. I, I definitely uh got got hosed for that. But you know, um no reward to the ones that uh that had him on their teams. I mean, I I would assume owners that had him on their squad. I would hope they made the playoffs for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, like we said before, this was a historic season for Cooper Cup. Uh, I mean, he even came out and said that his his stats shouldn't count in the record books, or they should start a new record book for games with seventeen with seventeen games instead of sixteen. I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm. no, because I mean, you're gonna do that from. For the 16, because it used to be 14 games. So, yeah. you know, you just accept it. You know, you, you're doing your thing now. You're stuck. So, you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't be too humble. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, we don't really need to say anything else. I mean, he's first in targets, first in catches, first in receiving touchdowns, first in receiving yards, number one in red zone targets, number one in yak, number <laughs> one in dominator rating, like, and yeah. dominated ratings, percentage of team reception yards and reception touchdowns. So, yeah. uh, I mean, we don't need to go any further on that one, man. Um, yeah. All right. So, unanimous yeah. fantasy yeah. of the year. Yeah, basically. All right. So, and we were also uh, joint on this one, also fantasy bust. Um, you know, CMC, uh, Christian McCaffrey, fantasy bust because, uh, you know, he basically was the number one. He was ADP number one for redraft. He was what? Debatable in terms of uh, dynasty for uh, <clears throat> in superflex, he was probably top three for sure. At least, yeah, drafts. at least top three. Uh, yeah, it, was, so, it, would, it would go quarterback, CMC, quarterback, or quarterback, yeah, quarterback, CMC, or yeah. Sometimes CMC went first. Yeah, so I mean, he's only played ten games in two years. So basically, since Matt Rule's been there, he's only had him for ten games. Granted, he's done major work in those games, but I mean. The be- one of the best assets uh, in fantasy, the fantasy game or part of the formula is being available. Like if you're not available, you're not even useful. And somebody's yeah. using your first, your first overall pick or your first round and you only getting four games out of them. Like that's a, yeah. you're not winning. Like <laughs> I yeah. can't, I know I'm not the only one that drafted him first in, uh, for instance, a redraft league. My he was number one. I did not make the playoffs because I had a big ass hole at running back. Yeah, <laughs> and so, he would and he would pretty much take take the take the um you know take the slot of two running backs because he was mm-hmm. I think I think um in twenty nineteen he was obviously the the number one overall running back. I think he was a top. I want to say a top. I think he's top ten wide top receiver. Top ten also. receiver as yeah. well. Yeah, like he yeah. was ridiculous, <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. And then you know yeah. we're not. We may we may we we may never see that level of production again um, from him because the, you know the, the injuries are just continuing continuing to pile up. You know, it was hamstring and it was thigh, it was it was ankle, it was shoulder, it was all these different you know lower body yeah. you know all these you know various ailments. Um, and I think I saw like a graphic you know, a long, a while back of, it just kind of showed like Christian McCaffrey's injury history. They showed mm-hmm. one of those, you know, one of those dummies and it just had red everywhere. Operation. Yeah. One of those, yeah. One of the games of, of operation, it just had red, like on, you know, a lower body had red on his shoulder. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see where he goes, you know, next year in redrafts and, and, and dynasty startups. Um, my guess, in, at least in redrafts, he's he's probably going to be taken. You know, the middle part of the first round, maybe towards the end of the first round, he'll be going at a at a, at a, at a discounted rate for yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. he's not gonna, I think the the days of him being a number one overall are over, at least at least from my perspective. Yeah, and I think you know people have revisionist history, uh, so uh, even in like dynasty superflex, um, he'll probably be going in the second. Re- Probably second round, mid early mid second round for sure. Depend on who you draft him with, uh, for sure. So you're gonna get him at a discount now. That's gonna be relative to his availability, but yeah, uh, I'm sure anybody with a a right mind would definitely take a chance on him. Uh, you know, somebody with that type of potential uh, fantasy uh, outed uh, pointage. So yeah, uh, I wouldn't blame you. 
I know, uh, and then probably a, a runner up would be uh, Saquon Barkley because I know a lot of people were hyped up about him recovering from from uh, his ACL, and you know, you saw the videos; he looked good. Um, but when he came onto the field, he didn't look good. <laughs> so, yeah, he he had a couple of boom weeks. See, so the thing about Saquon is that the process was right in terms of picking him, especially like the late first round. Mm-hmm. And then from everything that the giants were, were doing with him was they were actually playing this perfect yeah. in terms of like, just kind of ramping up his activity as the, as the, as the season progressed, like he was going to, I think at some point, I think at one point he was fully unlocked. He was V Saquon Barkley again. And then some freak accident against the Cowboys where he, you know, Daniel Jones completely airmailed a slant yeah. Saquon Barkley uh, obviously couldn't get it and he stepped on somebody's ankle. And then since yeah. then, um, it just hasn't been the same. Nothing was the same after that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think at least like the first five, five or six weeks with Saquon, we started to see glimpses of, you know, what he what he was or what he could have continued to be. Yeah. Um, but it's just I, I think, you know, his his season was just kind of um, you know, his you know, they robbed him of a season with that with that freak ankle injury and he yeah. wasn't the same after that yeah all right so the next one is a player you wished you had more exposure on your teams uh who you got for us i got debo man i got debo samuel uh, i think this is kind of like a no-brainer to me um i i was really really big on brandon Ayuk throughout the offseason and i was drafting him in a lot of spots um, and you know, I just completely overlooked Debo Samuel. I mean, I, I had him and I had him over the last couple of years and I saw that he was, you know, he was a baller. He was getting all these targets. Um, um, the, the one thing that concerned me with him was just, you know, his target depth was, I think a negative, but he was getting a lot of yak. He's getting, he's getting a ton of yak. Um, and you know, a guy that gets a lot of yak is, is, is pretty useful for your fantasy squads. But, you know, ultimately I just, I, I, I overlooked him. I overlooked him. And, you know, on the season now he's the wide receiver three and the wide receiver three overall. And he was going in like the seventh round in, in yeah. most formats, sixth, seventh round in most formats. Um, and he was drafted as basically like the wide receiver 36. And so it's just, it's one. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, you just, you wish you had, there's always that, there's always that one player that you, that you look back on and you're like, man, I had, I, I had many positions or many opportunities to draft him. I just, I, I never, I never pulled the trigger. He was, I would always draft someone else in that slot. Um, yep. and, you know, I deeply regretful for that. <laughs> yeah. I, I also had Debo as mine. Also, um, he was one of those players, like I was kind of scared because of like San Francisco's offense mixed with, IU like balling at the end of last year. So I just assumed yeah. that stuff was, and then you had Kittle. So I just assumed it would continue. I mean, yeah, Ayuk was going like his ADP was like wide receiver two while Samuel was borderline three. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and like you said, he was just one of those players that just kind of overlooked, even though you knew the potential, just you didn't think he was going to get the, the opportunities for somebody that was going to get drafted that high. Um, I know one person that I also wanted to mention was uh, Jalen Waddle. Like, just yeah. you know, when you look at rookie wide receivers, you kind of uh, for I know at least for me, I'm not sure what others out there that are listening. Like, you're just kind of it's something new, so you're just not at like he was recovering from an ankle injury, uh, and then you know he's yeah. kind of small build, and then he was going to the Dolphins. So you're just like, uh, I don't know really how, how it's going to pan out. Um, but I mean, I like the potential and he was going cheap. I mean, he was, people were projecting him to be like in dynasty rookie drafts, like mid, mid first round. But there was a lot mm-hmm. of places where he was going beginning or mid second round because the injury history mixed with uh, being matched with, uh, with the Dolphins. And I just think, I mean, for me, I know in my perspective, like I'm not always that eager to, to draft rookie wide receivers. I mean, and again, this is just another example of like these rookie wide receivers doing work, and then they usually they usually get work sooner than running back. So um, yeah. I know it's just maybe something you might people might be listening, and you you might have to be a little more aggressive if you're playing in like dynasty startups where you have rookies mixed into your draft. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there also. So, I mean, Jalen was somebody I definitely wish I had 
a little bit more about my squads. Yeah, and just real quick on just just a real quick on uh on Jalen Waddle. There's a couple of things. Number one, you remember back in training camp where they were uh, talking about whenever he was running and in you know like some beat, I think beat reporters and people who were on the sidelines watching training camp, they were saying that he was limping around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, was, that, was, yeah. all, that was another thing that kind of just, you know you know suppressed his value a little bit more. You know, yeah, just pushed him down a little bit further, and which is which is really weird. You know. Like, I, I in in the videos that I watched, like he was he was killing, he was killing, yeah. he was running by folks. Um, and just last thing on him, it, it, it's funny because I was I was doing a little doing a little research today on on our next topic, and I stumbled across <laughs> like going into Sunday's game, he caught he's caught he he was he had ninety six catches right, he mm-hmm. that is more than uh, Colton Sutton and Jerry Judy combined. <laughs> like that. I mean, if you're a Broncos fan and, you know, Broncos <laughs> pass catcher owner, that is depressing as hell. That is yeah. depressing as hell. Uh, yeah. And those two guys He's, are super talented and, yeah. Yeah. A rookie yeah. consistent, you know, can, you know, ridiculously outperforming them. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it, and it, just one more thing about Jalen. They're, they're using him how, how uh, Landry was being used. You know, Landry, when he was with Miami, over a hundred catches every year, easy. Um, and he's just 99 Jay, now. Yeah. Jalen's about to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And just think about this. Jalen, Jalen's, I think he's top, he's top 12 in targets. He has yeah. over 110 targets. So yeah. it's, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. So he's, he's had a great year. Um, yeah. So the next one is the player you waited on and they pissed down their leg. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Uh, Go uh, Go Thirty for for the uh, coining the piss down your leg uh, uh, say, uh, statement. So yeah, my first one or the one I have is uh, Alan Robinson. Um, this was somebody that I was very high on. Uh, I had him on on a lot of teams. Probably probably almost half my teams. I had out some some Alan uh, Robinson. Um, Last year he finished wide receiver nine. Uh, you know, this coming this past draft, he was he was top eleven, top twelve wide receiver getting drafted. Uh redraft. I mean, any it didn't matter where you were at, he was pretty much one of the first twelve getting drafted. If you weren't mixed, if you didn't have uh rookies mixed into your your uh, your drafts, if you if you did uh any dynasty superflex drafts, um uh, you know, this year, uh, like I said, he was drafted basically in the third round. He was going to wide receiver 11, wide receiver 12. He played 11 games this year. Uh, you know, you kind of just waited around thinking that it was going to turn around at some point. It never did. Gets hurt, comes back, still does nothing. Um, he finishes the year at wide receiver 83 <laughs> with 388 yards. Um, that's 80. That's just under 81, 81 points for the season with only one touchdown. Uh, just think about it. last year. He had, oh, he had over 400 in the first five games with, with Mitch Trubisky or wherever you want to yeah. call him. Yeah. Uh, so, and then also just a, another sad note, Calvin Ridley finished with nine less points than he did. And Calvin really played five games before he, <laughs> he, 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 he couldn't play anymore. Uh, due to personal reasons, so that's just let you know how bad of a season Allen Robinson had. Um, might not be his fault completely because I mean he had a rookie quarterback that he never got thrown to uh, during training camp. Yeah, and then you got you know the Red Rocket, so Mister uh, Two Yards Per uh, Depth Target. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the guy that I had um, was Jerry Judy of, of the Broncos. Mm. Um, and it, you know, I, I had him on quite a few leagues and that was, you know, that was, uh, you know, that's one of my, one of my many fantasy regrets, but you know, he started out, he started out, you know, pretty hot, um, in the, in game one, you know, had six catches for 72 yards and we thought he was on his way to like another solid season to a solid season. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that the, the, the proverbial year two breakout wide receiver, right. Yep. Um, and, then he, and then he hurt his ankle. He had a, a high, he had a high ankle sprain. He was out for six weeks. Um, since, you know, since returning from injury in week seven, he hasn't eclipsed 13 fantasy points like he did in week one. He hasn't gotten over that, over that amount. Um, and he only has 51 total targets on the season and he's the wide receiver 85. 
Um, you know, we we expected Teddy Bridgewater to come in and make that passing game a little a little competent, a little more competent than it has been in, in years past. But um, that clearly wasn't the case. He couldn't even he couldn't even get Cortland Sutton you know, off the ground. <laughs> um, well, Cortland Sutton he, he had he had some good games early in the season, but um, by and large, you know, disappointment. Um, Jerry Judy had 112 targets last season and just compared to, you know, the 51 that I just mentioned. So um, it's, it was, it was all bad for him and he hasn't been, he hasn't been the same guy since coming back from an ankle injury. And he only has two top 20 finishes in his NFL career and they both came last year. Mm. So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of gives you a glimpse as to how bad he's been. Um, You know, part of it is a lot of it is quarterback driven and a lot of it is, you know, could be him because he does have some drops as well. Does have some drop problems. Um, And, you know, as evidence is he only has 437 yards on the season and no touchdowns. So, you know, Jerry Judy is definitely one guy that I, I I held a roster spot for him for, you know, several weeks thinking he's going to come back and jump right back into a, you know, a decent target share like he did in week one. I was sadly mistaken. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly. Um, Yeah. yeah. um, That's my guy right there that, you know, pissed down his leg when I needed him. And I think um, I I started him in a semifinal and he got zero points on four targets, but I still somehow made it because my opponent just managed to be worse. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, and uh, this is some. I mean, I ha- I held on too long. Like for Allen Robinson, I didn't. I didn't. Basically, didn't let him go until they came back after bye. That's eleven weeks that I hold on to him. And he doesn't do any. Like he literally does nothing. Yeah, you're just holding out for hope. So, uh, which is one thing that we've always talked about. Like sometimes you just. I mean, you gotta let go of the name and just look at the production. Um, yeah. So I just. I just. Yeah, it, it's bad. Uh, just a side note question. So. Will this deter you from drafting either one of these players next year if the opportunity arises itself because of if the quarterback is upgraded? If the quarterback is upgraded, I'm all in on on all these pass catchers. <laughs> the, the quarterback upgrades that you know that that we're all thinking of. You know, we can look at Aaron Rodgers. Although I think it's likely that he stays in Green Bay based on how their season's going. Did see a yeah. report yesterday saying that they're they're willing to work it out and they are going to franchise. Uh, Devontae Adams. So oh, I, I feel like Green Bay is going to keep Aaron Rodgers, but a couple of names to keep an eye on are obviously Sean Watson hasn't played a snap for the Texans this year. He would be a great fit in that Broncos offense because the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos, the Broncos offense, they're just set up to, they just need a quarterback. They are the definition yes. of a quarterback away. Their yeah. defense is solid. They have two pretty decent corners um, and then they just, they they've invested a lot in their in their pass catchers, and they have Javante Williams back there. Um, I think Melvin Gordon's a free agent. They might bring him yeah. back. I'm not sure, but um, he, he's played well this year. So yeah, yes. I mean, you know that that destination for any veteran quarterback that's an upgrade over Bridgewater and Drew Locke would be perfect. So yeah, I would be drafting these guys um, everywhere if the quarterback upgrades. But if it's the same quarterback situation, I want no parts of it. Yeah, no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to hit um, memorable fam- fantasy performance. Uh, what was your, the one that stand out, stood out to you most uh, that you think, that you think some listeners would agree with? Uh, I, I know just before we came on, I know we went, we went through some, some we'll like lot, really yeah. good ones. Uh, yeah. It just sucks that we, we just, <laughs> we went, want to go with one each. So what you yeah. got? Yeah, so the one that stood out to me the most was uh, Dalvin Cook's uh, performance against the Steelers on Thursday Night Football in Week 14. Uh, he had 27 carries and 205 yards and two touchdowns. And and just keep in mind, like this was, you know, he had just dislocated his shoulder, um, you know, uh, you know, 11 days prior. So he, it yeah. was barely even two weeks that he had dislocated his shoulder. Um, you know, starting that week off, like he wasn't not expected to play. I think it was just, he, I think he was a long shot to play. And then yep. Tuesday he returned to practice in a limited capacity. Wednesday he returned to, he, he, he practiced again, took all the first team reps. Yep. And then Thursday morning you're, you're hearing reports, well, Dalvin Cook may play, but his snaps will be limited. And then as close, you know, and the, and the game got closer and closer, they said, well, Dalvin Cook will play. And the expectation is that he'll have his full workload. 
And I'm like, what? How did the hell did that happen? Bruh, I remember, I remember, my, I get I remember that the from, chats were going crazy when we heard that. I was like, wait, how? I was like, how, how did it get to that that fast? <laughs> so so then the, so then there was some uh, context behind that was, you know, the last time he dislocated his shoulder, it was like, I think he, it was like two and a half weeks. Um, it, it, I think he, 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 he missed two and a half weeks and it was a playoff game where they played against the Saints. He had over 30 touches and over 100, 130 yards and two touchdowns. So it's possible that he, I mean, he's been playing, you know, apparently he's been playing with shoulder dislocations his entire life, football life. So he knows how to kind of deal with it and manage the pain. And then we kept seeing doctors on Twitter, some good, some bad, some in between saying, Hey, if he takes one hit. He's done. He might be out for the season. Um, and then some were saying, Oh, it's just a pain tolerance issue and whatever the case may be. And then, you know, he goes out and just destroys the Pittsburgh Steelers for 200 yeah. plus yards. Like that was, that was probably the, the most memorable performance for me. Um, and it helped me in the multiple leagues, you know, it helped me, it propelled me into the playoffs in one, and then it got me a first round buy in another. So, mm. um, it, it was, it was definitely, um, one of those types of performances, just putting, putting the team on his back. Yeah. Um, I had a lot, but for me, uh, was the Jonathan Taylor versus Buffalo uh, week 11, uh, because this was, um, you know, people were talking about, oh, uh, we don't think Jonathan Taylor's going to do anything because Buffalo's run defense was pretty good and this and that. Yeah. I think Buffalo, I think Buffalo was like a, I think they were a touchdown favorite. I think in that game, if I remember they, correctly, yeah, they were. They were a touch. They were they were they were minus six and a half, seven, yeah, seven. I think seven and a half. I believe. Yeah, and uh, you know the Colts went to Buffalo and just just busted their ass. This was a game that Carson Wentz was terrible. I mean, jo- Josh Allen was worse. He kept throwing picks, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you just had they just pretty much Jonathan Taylor just grinded grinded to win out. He had four. He had four touchdowns. Yeah, uh, five. He had five, five touchdowns. Oh yeah, five because he did have the uh, the receiving touchdown. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all on the road. Yeah. Um, he did have that long, like forty yard touchdown run or sixty or whatever, the, whatever it was. Yeah. Because uh, I know in in also during that time, I think he had a he had the streak of a hundred yards and, and a touchdown in like eight straight games. Mm-hmm. So that was historic. Um, and I think he had like almost 140 yards after contact in that game. Also. Um, I know for like for me personally, I know that was one of the I had him in a 14 team uh, uh, dynasty league and uh, I needed that because I was like on the brink. I was teetering because on that on that squad, I have him and CMC and CMC was done. So all I had was basically him and I needed I needed that win and like the next week or whatever. Otherwise I was, I didn't have a chance to make the playoffs. You were so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So that definitely was, was memorable to me. Cause that helped me that propelled my, like my, that started a winning streak for my team. So, um, that, that one, it was, that one popped up to me right away. Uh, yeah. but I know one that also I really wanted to put was the little Mar Jackson, uh, Monday night game that he had versus the Colts at home where he, like tor- like torched them and people yeah. uh, everybody just thought okay he's here he's finally arrived in terms of throwing the ball yeah. um yeah i just yeah so he had like but, over 400 yards and like four touchdowns yeah and four touchdowns and it was, like i think another, i think that game ended in overtime too i think he had yeah, the walk off i think yeah. Mark brown or mark andrews like i know they i know they ha- they both caught two touchdowns each in the yeah. game and they both yep. went over 100 plus yards, yards they both yep. had over 10 catches so they both were just ridiculous. Like that was a perfect fantasy day. If you had all three of them stacked in DFS or, or hell, maybe even have them all in the seasonal league that that was like literally the perfect storm. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Next. The next one is the player you had the most exposure to across all your teams. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, I had Calvin Ridley in 10 of my 11 of my 18 leagues. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, some of them were uh, from previous teams or some of them I I traded for or I drafted him regardless um, I I was high on him because the previous season he he finished wide receiver five half the season uh, Julio either played didn't play or he played like like a quarter and then he was hurt and then it was just basically 
just basically him. So, you know, coming into the season, we're hyped up. Okay, we've seen him by himself, what he can do. Okay, now he gets a full season of this. And then now he's getting Kyle Pitts on top of that. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm hyped up. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's about to really do some work. To so kind of draw I, coverage I, away from him. And yeah, stuff. So like yeah. Double team. So, yeah, so wherever, like any, like, fresh draft that I had coming into this year, I was I targeted him. Um, I was able to get him in. Um, a few of those, if I didn't, I already have him in, in previous years, uh, leagues I already had going and just, I mean, we saw what happened. He was kind of, he was kind of all right. And then, and he just, he had dealing with personal issues and never returned. So that was a hole that, that hurt me definitely in redraft because one of the redraft leagues that, uh, we're both in, I had CMC one, I had Calvin Ridley two. Yeah. Uh, so and I managed to make it to basically where I needed to win and, and to get in and I didn't win. So, you know, I can definitely point directly to my first two picks not being there for me. So, yeah, and hopefully, you know, we, we haven't heard any updates on um, the status of Calvin really, but hopefully he's, he's, he's good and he's doing OK. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, you know, anytime you have to take you know time off to you know get your mental right, you got to do it right. So yeah, we just we hope that he's we hope that he's good and he'll be back stronger than ever uh, next yeah. time we see him on the field. Yeah. Um. So the guy that I had uh, the most exposure to was Miles Sanders, running back of the Eagles. I had him on just half of my teams, so but you know eight out of seventeen of my teams. Um, yeah, and I suffered greatly for those for 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 those Miles Sanders Sanders uh, shares. You know, you know the, the week one he started out pretty well. He had over 100 total yards, just didn't get in the end zone, but he had a lot of touches. Um, his snap share I think was like, or his running back rush share was like over 65, percent which is good. Um, you know, based on like you know the Eagles' philosophy of running the ball, um, but it just went haywire after that. He's right currently he was you know currently he's the he's the running back 40. He's missed some games due to injury. He's been overall, he's just been ineffective. Um, he has no games of over 20 fantasy points on the season. Um, mm. And he's only given you three weeks out of, I don't know how many games now we've gone, you know, that he's played, I think, 14 games, 13 games, three out of 15, three out of 14 games. He's only giving you top, you know, he's giving you top 15 production. Um, and one of those was a top seven finish, a top 14 finish, and a top 12 finish. So, um, outside of that, he's been pretty, he's been pretty consistently bad, um, throughout most of the season. And he was drafted as an RB 20 and 39th overall. And that was, you know, kind of the fourth and fifth round range for the yeah. most part. Um, so yeah, you know, Miles Sanders is kind of like the, the guy that I had a lot of exposure to. And it wasn't even w- one of those things where I, I went into every draft targeting him. It was just the fact that where I drafted, he was just always available, especially yeah. when I've already, I've already snagged a couple of running backs or I've already, you know, I, I feel good about my running back core, but I, um, you know, it's rare that you can get a starting running back that late, you know, in the middle round, like, you know, round yeah. four and five, it's, it's rare that you get a, a guy that, you know, in a, in a, an expected, you know, run heavy scheme. Um, he was just always there. So I would just smash the button. Cause I was thinking I was getting a discount or I was getting a value uh, for him. And uh, I was, Again, sadly mistaken. <laughs> right, I was sadly mistaken. I was thinking he was just going to be, you know, I have I have an anchor running back, and then I have a good, you know, strong RB one that's going to get touches, and then Miles Sanders is also going to get touches. So I was thinking my teams were kind of set up um, to smash, and uh, that that didn't that ultimately didn't happen, and he hurt me in a, in a lot of leagues. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely understand that, uh, Miles Sanders. I mean, that offense was a enigma. Uh, for a good portion of the of the year, and then once they started figuring it out, he was hurt. Um, so, yeah, Miles Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. An honorable mention is, is is Brandon Ayuk, but um, you know we kind of touched on the 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 Ayuk and Samuel uh, dichotomy earlier. Um, I had a lot of I had a lot of Ayuk as well. I think probably he was my my second highest owned player in leagues. I I, I was smashing the draft button. I actually went. Went into drafts thinking, okay, I'm gonna make sure I get this guy. He's gonna, <laughs> yeah. he's go off second year yeah. breakout. Um, he got a lot of targets last year. He was balling, and I should have not overlooked Dio Samuel. And that's what I and, and that was one of my bigger regrets on on the season. Yeah. All right. So, so the last topic we have is the biggest biggest lessons you learned from the 21 
2021 season. Um, we we can alternate. I'll go first. My first one is um, if you draft the cuff, hold the cuff. So basically, if you're going to go into a draft drafting the handcuff or the, the presumed handcuff of, of 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 the starter, then you need to come. You need to commit to the cuff. Uh, there's there was. I mean, we can go back to the to the keeper league that we have. I drafted a couple of handcuffs, and I just because I wasn't patient enough, I let them go. And literally next week they go off or they start getting a roll. And now you you're down another running back. And these are running backs. I wouldn't would have been able to use. Cause if you're drafting CMC first, you're just thinking, okay, let me go wide receiver heavy. Now that I got this guaranteed running back, that's probably going to be worth one and a half running backs. So um, I know that's a strategy I had and uh, it didn't, it didn't work out for me. Uh, so that's one that's one that I can I can point to for sure. You know, one that I have um, is just not to trust um, all talented wide receivers with, you know, especially if they're in shitty um, quarterback situations and they have shitty quarterbacks throwing them the ball. Um, the biggest the, the most glaring examples I can point to are, you know, Terry McLaurin in Washington. Um, <sighs> you know, Taylor, you know, because there was a point in time where Terry McLaurin would either go off or be complete dog shit. Yeah, you know, from week to week, it was just literally the same. It was the same pattern, up and down, up and down, up and down. It was like a a, a huge roller coaster. Like it, the the volatility was just too much um, for 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 me to you know just to for, for me to wrap my head around. And uh, you you want receivers in in more stable passing situations. And then another and uh, another one that I can kind of pinpoint is DJ Moore in Carolina. Mm. Uh, he's you know he's he's a super talented cat. I mean he's closing in on his third straight 1100 yard receiving season, despite all the quarterback turmoil that's come his way. Um, but you know, I, I was faced with multiple decisions. Um, I was faced with, you know, in, in drafts, you know, this, this past summer I was faced with, you know, either drafting DJ Moore or drafting the likes of, you know, Cooper cup or someone else. And I chose DJ Moore every time because I believe I was, I'm a believer in his talent. I'm a believer mm-hmm. in you know his, his, his playmaking ability. Because he, he's he's more explosive, he can get deeper deeper down the field, and he has the more he has the better opportunity, or at least from my thinking, he had the better opportunity for more spike weeks. Yeah. Um, and based on what you were seeing in the preseason, you know he was getting targeted quite quite frequently. You know, there's a couple of games here that they were playing. You know, we were thinking Sam Darnold was going to be a different quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> the first four weeks of the season, yo. Yeah, but no, I'm just even, even like you know, preseason kind of tells you, kind of gives you a little yeah. glimpse into what you know what to expect a little bit. So I just kind of, I might have extrapolated extrapolated that a little bit more than I should have. Um, and you know, drafting DJ Moore over Cooper Cup in a lot of leagues, I think that kind of, it, it, if I didn't do that, it would have probably changed the dynamics of a lot of the leagues that I ended up. Uh, missing out, missing the playoffs in, or, mm. you know, it, it, it would be the difference between, you know, no championships and maybe four championships. Right. Yeah. So, cause those were the two guys that I, I had always, and, cause in mock drafts, I do a lot of mocks throughout the year, um, throughout the summer leading up to the, the, the main event drafts. And I drafted a lot of Cooper cup in my mocks. You know, I was still, I was just kind of going back and forth and seeing how my teams look. And then when it came to, you know, game day, I would take DJ Moore for some reason. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So just, you know, if they have immense talent, it's great, but just ensure that they're in more stable um, environments, more stable passing environments, because the Carolina Panthers passing environment has not been stable at all. Uh, DJ Moore has not had over 20 fantasy points since week four. Um, yeah. And now it's, it's, he, hasn't, yeah, had, yeah. hasn't scored a touchdown since I think week 10 or not week 10 or 11. Um, I think the first, I think the first, uh, first game Cam started, um, he scored a touchdown, but after that, he hasn't had much, um, you know, Cam has just been too erratic and Sam Darnold has come in the last couple of weeks, hasn't been much better. So it's, you know, it's one of those things just, it's good to trust talented wide receivers, but primarily if they are in stable situations. So that's my, that's my, that's one of my takeaways. One of my lessons. I know another one was, um, to always be flexible because I know this season, I mean, as you, this past two seasons dealing with COVID, you've had to, you know, you had to, you know, bend a little bit or you needed to make moves because of 
because of COVID. Um, but in terms of like, you know, anything that's happening, like seeing seeing situations change, you need to be able to change with those situations that are happening within those players, with those teams, or even when you receive new new information, being open to, you know, making moves. Uh, I know that was one thing that this year, I know for sure uh, with my dynasty leagues that I wasn't as flexible as I needed to be in terms of, uh, in terms of making moves. And I know I, paid for those like I made the playoffs in a lot of these leagues but it just flamed out because I didn't wasn't flexible in terms of you know getting some more running back help or trying to make a move for or trying to make a move to you know go get a go get a wire, a young wide receiver for for teams that were trying to make that playoff push uh so you know just just needed to be a little more flexible uh, in in the deal making process, so too. Yeah. So, yeah, and then the last one I have, um, well, it's kind of twofold, but um, it kind of it, it's kind of piggybacking off of the the point that I just made, just not being beholden to starting certain players because of their talent. Um, if there's a better matchup, like if you have somebody that's on the bench that's been balling over the last several weeks, if if they have like a better matchup and they're going to be guaranteed targets. Um, despite their lack of, you know, recognition or it's not necessarily a household name or anything like that. I mean, don't hesitate to start those guys. Um, and, you know, an example, I'll use DJ Moore as another example. Um, I, I had him in the first round of the playoffs uh, going going up against Buffalo. And obviously he got he got 10 targets. You know, he, he had a pretty, you know, decent target share, but only 48 yards receiving. I could have played uh, Russell Gage that week. He had a better mm. matchup. He was getting targets um he had come on strong i think he was like the wide receiver eight in ppr over like the last like six weeks leading up to that week um that could have been an easy easy one for me to switch and i would have probably won my matchup i I would have definitely won my matchup that week so there's just small examples like that that you you know if if you know dj moore is going to be you know in an unstable passing environment going going up against the bills who are they're arguably the tough, toughest matchup um, for opposing wide receivers in fantasy. Um, and, you know, again, an erratic quarterback play versus a more stable, you know, pass catching environment and a better matchup. Um, I, I would have to just, you know, side with the, with the, with the safer floor in that, in that case. So just don't hesitate to, to bench some of those studs. I mean, they have, especially if they hadn't been performing like a stud um, over the last several weeks. And then, um, yeah. And then my last thing, uh, just kind of piggybacks off your point a little bit, just being more flexible, but hammer the waiver wire with authority, regardless of how good a shape your team is in. Um, because Mm. as we've seen this year, COVID is a bitch. It is a big, hairy bitch. Um, (laughs) it's, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna wreck you one way or another. And, um, I, I didn't do enough of, you know, hammering the waiver wire, especially like I I had, I had several teams where I thought I was good and I had a lot of depth and I was, I was cool with it. And I didn't really pay attention to the waiver wire in this league versus that league. Some leagues I did this in, but other leagues where I wish I could have done it made the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs or winning a playoff mm-hmm. game and losing a playoff game or making a championship and not making it to a championship. So these just making sure like you're, you're just, you're consistent across all your leagues, despite how many, no, no matter how much, how many leagues you're in, I'm in a lot of leagues. I admittedly did not um, devote the same energy to the waiver wire in all of them thinking, you know, I had this player, that player, this player, that player thinking I was in good shape. But um, as you know, as we've seen, COVID ravaged a lot of a lot of rosters. And if you're not proactive on the waiver wire, if you're not looking ahead, um, it's gonna it's gonna get, you know take get you by a chokehold and, and and take what it wants. So, yep, <laughs> you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you know, this is the end of the show. Um, hopefully, y'all stay with us to the end. You know, talking through you know some of these lessons, and I know during the off season for sure we'll be touching all these on these in terms of how you can apply or, you know, getting ready for the next season. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we at the end, uh, we'll be back next week for sure. We're going to touch on, uh, on props and, you know, playoff, uh, fantasy football specifically. 
since I know some people are gonna definitely gonna be uh indulging themselves in that. So, you know, we'll yeah. we'll hit on that a little bit, you know, give us our give you y'all give y'all our takes and opinions about certain situations and you know, hopefully we can come out on the end of m- making some money. So uh, yeah. Ike, you got anything else? No, no, just um, you know, just like Gene said, we'll we'll have a, a more prop centric a prop centric uh, and prop focused show next week, just to discuss, you know, just fantasy, uh, you know, the you know uh, playoffs, you know, those fantasy those, those fantasy playoff challenges that you you know that you guys can um, you know dive into. We'll have you know different props that you can bet on and things of that nature, and some of our some of our picks um, as well. But you know, just you know, follow Gene at Fantasy Genes. G-E-N-E-S. Follow me on uh, Twitter at just underscore Ico nine and follow the show at off the line FF and, uh, you know, subscribe, rate and review. Um, look for us wherever, you know, all podcasts are found. We're found under destination Debbie. Um, you know, hit that like and subscribe button. Check us out on YouTube. Um, you know, we appreciate you, you know, you guys' time and, you know, you know, rocking with us for the last, you know, 10 weeks since we've been doing this. So we're still relatively new, but we're, you know, we're getting better each and every day, but, you know, feel free to, you know, give us feedback and, you know, what you, what you like about the show, what you don't like, what you want to, what you want to see us improve on, um, things of that nature. Yeah. You know, you know, I don't, I don't got nothing else to say, you know, I said it all. So, you know, until next week, you know, uh, I know it's week 18, uh, a lot of teams still got something to play for. So, and it, I, we can, you know, we'll probably post some some player props for y'all boys, uh, you know, just to see if we can dabble in some money. So, you know, yep. until next week, y'all be safe. Don't get COVID. You no, know? peace out. Yeah, peace. peace.